What's good, Internet? Welcome to session 31 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I'm your host and bad open-world game apologist, Alex Arona, and with me this week is the River City girl, Joel DeWitt. What's up, Joel? I've been waiting and waiting to combat Dab ever since the devs shared a gif of it, and I chose the wrong girl. I chose the wrong girl! Dear God. Love that combat dab. That's so sick. <laughs> also with me this week is Mr. Loot Shoot Riot himself, the Master Schluter, Eric Getty Gettinger. Enjoying your time in Borderlands? As of today, I have every Thursday off through Thanksgiving. I will shoot all the loot! Jesus Christ. Well, you have fun with that. We also have an extra special guest, better than you two schlubs. Hey. Friend of the show and host of Damage Boost Podcast, Brock Holiday. Now, we had a question, Brock. Is that a pseudo name or is that the real name? Pseudo. Pseudo. Cool. All right. Good choice. Welcome, Brock. Yeah. Did anyone else have a uh, sexual awakening from anime when they were a kid? Is that just me? Bulma meant something real special to me. Faye. Taya from Yu-Gi-Oh. There we go. Now we're all equally weird. <laughs> this week, we got some light industry notes in the news. Get real old school on the backlog blog. In a new segment, Guest Spot. But first, Early Adopters, where we play alphas, betas, and one of the two dozen big releases that are coming out in one single month of the year. <laughs> Joel, you've been dying to tell me about River City Girls. You've been playing it pretty much nonstop. Hit me with it. So River City Girls is a, well, I guess obviously it is the next iteration in the series of River City Ransom, which is an old school side-scrolling beat-em-up brawler from NES. It, it's got some different iterations, including stuff that happened in the 3DS. Fun note, the 3DS game also costs like 40 bucks, and that one is very much just like a, a, a direct sequel of that River City Ransom game. Have you guys ever actually taken a look at that before, the original? Wait, 40, still 40 bucks? Uh, oh, stuff doesn't go down in price on the 3DS eShop ever. Uh, Never. Or the Nintendo eShop, like, in general. It's called, it's called the Nintendo tax. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have not seen any of this, so enlighten so, me. So if you don't have any history with the game itself, my, mine is admittedly a little limited. As we've talked about here, I, I was a Genesis kid. This was an NES game, so... But it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up that was a pretty standard fare kind of thing for the NES. Maybe a little bit more complex in moves that you could pull off at a given time, although you're kind of hamstrung by having just an A and B button. So you had to do a bunch of button combinations to pull off more complex stuff. But the real hook of it is that you would get money by beating up enemies, and then you could go to shops and buy upgrades. Just like real life. <laughs> No. Uh, <laughs> you sure? I think if you go out and beat people up, they drop money. That's how it works when I've done it. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's just, it, it was something that at the time, it was a little bit more robust than what you could expect out of a, a brawler back then. So it stood out in that way, and it's kind of kept a little bit of a legacy over time in that way. Uh, River City Girls is very much like that, but uh, as we've talked about here before, too, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, that was one of those games that really stuck with me from uh, my time with the PlayStation 3, and that game very much was lending itself off of the same sensibility of River City Ransom, except expanding upon it. Except this is like that with anime girl power wrapped along it. I watched you I watched you stream this, Yeah, and 
the the intro is a catchy pop tune that I was I was tapping along to, man. I, I wanted to I was like, man, this is a got to be a real good soundtrack. Oh yeah, the the intro is real slick, really good pop music. It uh, had a nice beat to it. The the animation naturally it looked like something that'd be the start of a cartoon, like a, a weekly half hour show or something. Just like how well put together it is, and that presentation kind of goes throughout. So like they've got dialogue sequences back and forth through different interstitials in the story as you hit those story beats. Different segments have different backtracking music, but then as you get closer to more pivotal story beats or boss battles, the music will actually transition to a full song and, and with like backtracking vocals and stuff. So yeah. it has this really cool dynamic feel along with that. And the the different sections of the world feel nice and varied, which is really cool. Because a lot of times, if you have a grievance about a beat 'em up, it's that like things can kind of feel samey as you're going along the different segments. They can get a little repetitive. Uh, yeah, well. I mean, it's it's just by the nature of the style <laughs> of game, right? So, like, even for the sake of comparing to other beat-em-ups, it's still repetitive in that, like, most of the general enemies are kind of color swap differences between different types of characters. So, like, there are school bully types, and then there are, like, cheerleader types that are enemies starting out. And then you get farther out, and there are, like, police officers with batons, and there are, like, uh bit bulky luchadors with tiger masks and so it 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 does dip color palette swappy at points but they have been adding in some new enemy types as you go along too so it's not as bad as i expected with that and the combat is just really really great by that i mean like typical fare you got the light hit the heavy hit the jump you can sort of double tap a direction to run you know, you got like a super move that you can do that's like a more impactful punch. And starting out, it feels kind of rote and samey. But once you start buying these upgrades and abilities, it really yeah. makes it a lot more robust. And it, it got to a point where like I was chaining together five, six, seven hit combos and then like doing an up move to juggle them in the air and hit them a few times in the air and then taking a weapon and just like chaining together combos and stuff. And it, it, re- it felt really good. Hmm. All right, so so it's a very fluid, fast kind of you can switch it around and on the fly adjust. Yeah, yeah, I, I say it like with this kind of genre, usually where you run into trouble is that if you are getting surrounded by multiple enemies, it's hard to like uh, fend off people and crowd control. So a lot of it's positioning, but if you position yourself right, you can even like get several of them in one hook and chain and get them going. And, mm. and the boss battles themselves actually feel nice and varied too. So, like, okay. you saw the first boss battle, and it was, like, this roided-out, like, teacher almost. It looked <laughs> and, it looked really tough, honestly. Y- yeah, I struggled a little bit at first just because I think it was more because of the fact that the moves are kind of limited at that point, and you haven't done any upgrades. But yeah. uh, they have a three-section life bar, and each boss has three different sections where their move patterns will change based off of what part of the life bar you're down to. And... Each boss I've played so far, and it's been about three or four, have been fairly varied. And, like, I'm at a boss right now where she's, like, a fashion designer. But where the boss you saw, it was, like, the same kind of level structure where you can kind of walk about. The boss I'm at right now is strictly down to a 2D plane. Okay. Where you can only go left or right. And she's floating in the air, and you have to, like, wall jump to try to reach her and and knock her down from flying. And then beat her up and then deal with other mobs coming from the side. And it's... It's just kind of interesting how they've been kind of playing with the 
convention and expectation a little bit as you go through. So it, it almost it, it changes up a little bit of the how the genre holds itself, right? Yeah, I would say as such, and I'm hoping that it continues to do that a little bit. I mean, just in the presentation alone, a lot of these beat 'em ups are very more machismo-minded and sort of tough guy uh, sensibilities. And I, I guess just on the presentation of it by itself, it's very much like turning itself on its head with you controlling a couple teeny bopper teenagers, all, although only one of them is kind of teeny bopper. I, I chose the more broody one. And then, of course, I got punished by not getting the combat dab because I didn't choose the teeny bopper. But hmm. That uh, is interesting that they make them like character-specific. Yeah, they do seem to have specific move sets within a range so like i think they both did the same upgrade path of uh moves but i think they have character specific special abilities which is where the combat dab i think falls in so i'll I'll have to go back at some point and start with the other character and see if i uh feel it's worthwhile to go back and do that but uh i I imagine i'm gonna be coming back to this quite a bit and the other thing i'll note here is just that it does come at kind of a premium it was 30 bucks which is kind of a tall ask, I think, for uh, Brawler. But you can see that a lot of care was taken into the presentation as well as the gameplay itself. And me personally, as someone who really likes this genre of game, it's been definitely worth it for me. But I could see why at that price you might double-guess yourself before jumping in on it. I wanted it, and I double-guessed myself. I'm still waiting on it. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Like, that that's a lot of money for what's ostensibly an indie game. And, I'm, like, they want to price it that way? Sure. I don't blame you. But, like, I can see it being tough to rationalize. But stop, Scott Pilgrim is still your favorite. By a little bit. <laughs> they're clo- Just they're, a little? They're closer than I thought. Like, it's... So, the, nice, the thing I like about Scott Pilgrim, I guess, more than anything, is that the soundtrack in Scott Pilgrim is very explicitly chiptunes. But it is such a well-done melody throughout all of the levels that you play in the game and there's a lot of fun video game in references throughout the game itself too that it kind of just like wraps itself around in it and it's really just kind of a love letter to video games itself just like the movie and i assume the the anime what not anime uh manga manga that's the word thank you uh was so th- there's there's a lot going for that that really makes me appreciate that quite a bit so it's a tall order for me to say that this beats it but it's a lot closer than I thought it'd be. Can I ask if uh, Turtles in Time makes your top five of those style games? Yes. It does? Okay, good. I was worried. Like, like easily. Like, that's... You're talking about the Super NES one? Yes. Yeah. Not, but, not the mean, like, Xbox remake. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play the Xbox remake, but I didn't read good things about it. Yeah, it, uh, just avoid it. The, tur- Turtles in Time is, like without adding some kind of level progression or ability to upgrade your moves and stuff, that that to me, that's like the gold standard of how far you can get with beat 'em ups and still being fun within those limitations. That and uh, and, and this might be more of a nostalgia for my point, but Streets of Rage is still my like up there too in the top five. Yeah, I, I was like, gonna say like Streets of Rage. This this game is not Streets of Rage, and I was hoping you were just gonna talk about Streets of Rage for ten minutes. So <laughs> I I still want to talk about Double Dragon Two, where the first game they kidnap your girlfriend, you get her back. Streets of Rage Two opens up hot where they just come out and shoot your girlfriend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's worth, it goes, man. It's worth yeah. noting, River City Girls has some uh, through lines with the Double Dragon. Are you saying it's the same too. universe, Joel? It is, it is. Oh, I, that's I, weird. I, that I, I, read weird. Up, I read up on it, and that damsel in distress they uh, kidnap, 
she's in this game except she's like a, a npc somehow that's intertwined in the story and she's like all buff and shit and like she looks like she can wreck some people now <laughs> weird so, yeah so they, they took to places too but it's got it's got its thread in a whole bunch of different places but uh this was a uh, way forward and art system works they they did a great job and uh, i've got a lot more to play i still think even though i feel like i've been playing it a long time and uh I've been having some fun so far. Like the only, the only thing otherwise I have to say is that uh, it's surprisingly non-linear in terms of like it, it gives you objective locations, but it's not like a, your typical thing where you're going from left to right and you're constantly doing that to finish a level. Oh, hmm. okay, yeah, that's that's good to hear. I plan on trying to get this on sale. Hopefully, I I, I know it. It's definitely worth it. I agree. It's definitely worth it. I'm just being cheap now. Well, back in the day, I want to say that Scott Pilgrim didn't run you more than fifteen dollars. I want to say it's fifteen. It was that or twenty, but like, yeah, it was it was more within that like impulse buy range, right? Yep, that's how I got it. I was like, oh, I really like this. I'm gonna get it. Now you can't delete it off your PlayStation, or it's gone forever. Yeah, I, I think it's still on mine right now. Same. Now our second game. I just want to kind of gloss over just because I don't know how much it really needs to go into that much detail just because it's, it's kind of funny and silly. And I also want to get to our third game. But Gundam Battle Gunpla Warfare. <laughs> That's the name. That's legitimately the name. I didn't misspell anything. It's Gunpla. Here. Here's that Y you dropped. Nope. 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 That's, it's <laughs> get that out Gunpla. of there. Yep. All right. So I, I kept trying to hound getting into this just because he makes his, he does his own Gundam models and I thought this would be funny. It's a well, game no, no, where No, no, you got to go back and you got to do it right. So, okay, how did you how did you try and sell it to us? Said, "What is the problem with making model Gundams? It's a lot of you need a lot of desk space, a lot of tiny pieces, several hours to make them and then what are you going to do? You're going to put them on a shelf? I don't have a whole lot of shelf space for for Gundams." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now you can do it virtually. In yep. Gundam Battle Gunpla Warfare. It, it still feels weird to say for, it. Like for this. your mobile device. <laughs> for oh, your mobile device. Uh, yeah. So you, they make, the story is you are a kid in a high school, and some girl randomly comes up to you and goes, hey, you're going to play with me in this tournament because I have nobody to play with. And, and that's when we did, all fell in love. Mm-hmm. And on your phone, you get a Gundam, and you can fight them and battle these people, but then you also can get different parts Via loot chests, right? Is it yep. loot chests? Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, but the story behind it is like, oh, you can go to the store and you can buy like these booster packs that'll help give you different parts or different pilots for your Gundam, and so the, that you and can the, and, and then participate you in these battles. Yeah, you don't have to have like the standard loadout. It doesn't have to look normal. It's like somebody just threw a whole bunch of pieces on the ground and was like, here figure it out <laughs> i think my gundam was hot pink with a hammer and had a teddy bear head sounded yeah the hot pink uh that could be a couple of different it might be one of the zaku models though but yeah though so it was just you can take all these pieces put them together you get different ones from loot boxes or booster packs and you build your gundam and then you can actively battle them using commands and they have the pieces actually give you stats so you'll have more hp or more attack for different weapons and of course, you level up your pieces as you go from stage to stage. So your Gundam can get stronger, but you have like a power maximum of your squad. That's right, you get a squad. So you can build three or four <laughs> Gundams. <Squad>. Yeah. <laughs> and throw squad. them all into to battle together. You just have to say squad like four times, that's all. 
now, I have to say squad? Squad. Squad, squad, squad. <laughs> now, my, my Dundam experience is fairly limited. I, I watched some of Dundam Wayne when I was a kid, and uh, I saw some of like the uh, was it 08 MS team was one of the side stories, too. Uh, I don't have much for the figurine side, but like when you get the items, like are are they distinctively callbacks to different parts of the anime, or are are they kind of generic pieces? Yeah, everything is from an existing Gundam that was in one of the series. Okay. But thank you for thank you for answering that, Getty. I watched like <laughs> half a season and it said, "Man, this is all politics." I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> but but what? Uh, yeah, Arona really can't uh, appreciate it. Uh, he didn't watch as much as I have. So some of the parts you you can't really tell by looking at it because it could just be a leg. But it's not if it's just the regular Gundam, uh, the original or the Unicorn Gundam, then mm-hmm. it's going to look the same either way. You're not going to know unless it has the name on it. Right. Let's just get down to brass tacks here. I, I like I love the idea. This is for me. This would have been a gold mine. But when playing it, the actual game is kind of laggy and it's super slow. There's a load time between menu switches. Oh yeah. So, so to pull up your part list is a low is about uh, I want to say two to three seconds a load. Then to equip them is two to three seconds a load. Then to pop out and spin it is like two to three seconds a load. To get to uh, the store is about five to ten seconds a load. It's it's just kind of a lot and a lot of gaps just where you're just kind of sitting there. And then there are big story beats, big, big story beats of, uh, you know, um, visual think, novel. Yeah, think visual novel because it's like, oh, I'm going to go to school today and now I've run into this girl and now she wants me to battle with her. And it's legitimately like 10 minutes of tapping just to kind of get through that story. Yeah, but the characters, there was one weird part where... The character model for the girl, she her hand was awkwardly placed over one of the male characters next to her. And I wish I had taken a screenshot <laughs> because I was like, uh, I feel like her hand shouldn't be there right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of had the same difficulties that Alex had. I, I actually had problem the first couple of times I loaded up because for some reason the video wasn't loading because there's this big video after like the first battle that you go through that you have to watch to unlock the rest of the game. So I had to give it a couple of extra tries before it finally took. Yeah, and then, and of course, there's real money transactions. So yeah. you can you can throw in your extra cash. There are energy levels. So, so that you can fight in battles and progress the story. Yeah. And again, the the, the combat is it's, it's actually pretty interesting. It's a combat arena, and you have the left stick, and then you have your buttons for different attacks and do different things, and there's energy levels, so you can't just constantly mash the same attack over and over there's a lot to improve but there's also a lot to like and if it just wasn't for a couple of key like man that would that's a bummer the rest would be a lot like i would i would be in this hardcore yeah no the battles are a lot of fun because they're so fast it kind of makes me want that to be the majority of the game though to not have to wait for the rest of the screens or everything to load up the battles you you're set on that track and you can just home hone in on the enemies and then you tap the screen to swing your weapon and then you can also if you're far enough away you tap to fire your gun and there's super moves too that's one of the really cool things that i wish i had unlocked more of but i kind of just gave up on it yeah again some of those load times just uh, uh, my favorite thing about mobile games is that you get in and get out. I'm going to mm-hmm. play this game and I'm going to play for 10 minutes, but when I play the game, just to load into the game is 10 minutes and that session is over. Nah, this is an investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to sit uh, down like, I'm going to play this for like 45 minutes. 
Yeah, that sounds tough to me. Like at the gameplay, the dumb, the battle itself sounds up my alley. Cause like, especially with Gundams, like the appeal is that they they defy the laws of physics with like how quickly they move for these giant walking meta tanks, right? And, and so like everything is so fluid and quick and fast and frenetic if it works the way you'd want it to, as if you were in the show itself, right? So. It sounds like it's at least hitting those notes, but the the wrapper around it doesn't sound appealing at all to me. And, and I, I identify myself wanting more for the mech game that appeals to me better. Mm-hmm. Now, Getty, you want to read this last part here for you? Oh yeah, a quick shout out to Steve. So one of the appeals of the game, <laughs> uh, and this is actually something that's happened in real life, and it's awful. So I build Gundams. I have several. And whenever Steve comes over, he takes the characters and he he jerks them off. <laughs> so I was hoping that in the game you would be able to control the Gundams a little bit more. So he would leave my Gundams alone and he could jerk off his own. Uh, I don't think you get the right tactile feedback if you do it virtually over a foam game, though. These things are very, very sensitive. I don't need him ripping an arm off so that he can... Get some comic relief here. Also, right. you can't pose your Gundams. Otherwise, the, mine would be telling yeah. people to suck it. In the game, you can't pose them. You can get the 3D model and look at them, but that's about it. Maybe you can buy Steve some secondhand ones and then have them be like the Steve collection. This is your jerk-off <laughs> Gundams. <laughs> yeah, have fun. There we go. Now, this is. I was very curious about this. This is our third game. Brock. Yes. You are a known Dead by Daylight streamer yeah that kind of accidentally happened too i just kind of got <laughs> sucked into it game. yeah yeah just started became a dead, li- dead by daylight streamer <laughs> that's that's good though that's, i mean a lot of people make it as streamers when they s- dedicate themselves to like <laughs> one game it, it's the perfect kind of sit down and you know it takes a good a good amount of time but not too much and you don't have to invest in stories so it's the it's a perfect come home from work and you know after you get the kids to bed and you want to play a game for 20 minutes type of game oh don't i know those games <laughs> <laughs> but uh dead by daylight the uh, the new dlc just dropped very cool stranger things which i think is super interesting to throw that in there tell me about it so do you guys all watch uh the show stranger things just yes. finished the third season yeah oh finally Oh, yeah, so good. I, I really <laughs> liked it. Jesus. The third season. I heard a lot of kind of negative feedback. But anyway, uh, the new characters for Dead by Daylight, uh, Steve and Nancy from the show, who you could argue have probably the best character arcs of the show, too. So I'm pretty excited they're in the game. Mm-hmm. I also think they're the only one, one of the few ones that are over 18, so you're not, you know, killing kids in the game, because that probably <laughs> wouldn't go over well. Uh, yeah, that's true. I don't think that you technically can still. You know, oh, kill kids? In games, you can't be an adult killing kids. Hmm. hmm. Now I'm going to be no. thinking about this the whole episode. Actually killing kids. Yeah, yeah, only in mods usually. Especially Skyrim mods. So many Skyrim mods for that. <laughs> but anyway, and then also the Demogorgon as the killer. Uh, it's I think it's the most expensive DLC. It was about 13 bucks with tax. Which you get two survivors and a killer. I, I think it's pretty reasonable, especially it being a popular uh, IP like Stranger Things. I think it was worth the $12. Um, a lot of people are complaining that Nance, uh, Steve might be weak, but he has a pretty good perk for any Dead by Dead by Daylight stri- uh, players called Babysitter. So when you, like, I guess there's probably, you guys know how the game's played, or you think I should explain it real quick? Yeah, so um, maybe let's, let's back up real yeah. quick. So Brock, I, I, 
I played a couple matches today just to try to get myself acquainted, and the the short and long of it is that there is a cast of four they call survivors, I think. Correct. And, and those are the regular people who are trying to escape or find a way to survive against the killer. The main conceit is that the killers are various different types of enemies. So, like, the couple times I played, it was, like, a killer clown, or one of them was a killer Santa for some reason. <laughs> but <laughs> who is the uh, killer Santa in this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like he threw ornaments at me, and then they like made all my uh, visibility hazy as I was trying to stumble around and escape. And <laughs> the idea is that you're in this sort of playground, which is like usually a creepy forest area, kind of with some facilities and stuff. And the killer is trying to like kill you, and they I think they've got different ways to employ it, but the primary way is if they cut you you'll fall down and then they can pick you up and drag you to like uh hanging hooks like from uh, the test chain saw massacre and just like set you on the hook <laughs> and, and you sort of are, are gonna bleed out unless your teammates come grab you and, and so uh brock i don't recall exactly how but there are different ways you can kind of beat the killer right so maybe you can elaborate on that um real quick i just curious uh I want to compare my first time playing with yours. Did you feel, like, overwhelmed with all the different things that are going on and, like, doing the generators and all that? Because when the first time I played it, I was like, I don't understand what's going on. I, why, why? I just hit the whole time. I was like, fuck this game. And I didn't play it for about two months because I felt <laughs> it seems simple, but it's it's chaotic and a lot more structured to it than I think people realize. I was just curious if you felt the same way. So I felt mostly confused and lost, and I actually didn't get to a generator the first time that I played. Uh, what happened was that uh, I, I sort of set off by myself. I could hear the screaming in the background as other people were getting killed off, and I made it to a facility and sort of crept down to the basement of it and picked up a health pack. But then uh, the killer found me as I was exiting it, and then as they pick your, you up after they slice you down, you can kind of try to resist them right. taking you to the hook by... Uh, sort of toddling your left stick back and forth. And we went into this, like, back and forth for a good, like, five minutes of the, ki- <laughs> the, ki- the killer picking me up, walking me towards it, didn't get there fast enough. I fell off. I ran off a little bit till he caught me again, sliced me down, picked me up, walked me back again. I got out of it. And the first match, all my teammates died, but I somehow found an escape hatch yes. because he... He, for some reason, mistakenly took me right to it, and I, I saw the button prompt, and I was like, oh, oh, shit, is this my way out? And lo and behold, it was, and I somehow won my first round. <laughs> so sometimes, I, I, like, the etiquette in the game is if uh, you're down to one survivor, a lot of killers, if they don't think your teammates are very helpful, will take you to the, the escape hatch and give you the win. It's... Oh no! You oh, ruined it burn. for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not everyone I was, does I was it, gonna but... S- what I was gonna say though, Joel, is I I think it's like Killer Queen Black, where there are multiple win conditions that mm-hmm. at any given time you can deploy. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I think it goes. I think that you 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 can do all the generators. What other win conditions are there, Brock? There. Uh, so there's the five generators, and then you open the ex- uh, the escape door. And w- paired with that, once you get down to two generators, the escape hatch will be able to be open. Um, and that's typically harder to find, and most killers, if they're familiar with maps, are pretty good about finding it and closing it. The killer can close the escape hatches. Um, once a the escape gates are open, though, those cannot be closed, and there's always two per map. You have to, you know, once you do get the generators, you still have to get one of those open, and depending on the type of killer and where they're positioned, and because they randomly generate where they are, you know, those can, that could be hard, too. But is there is there no other win conditions, though? 
Uh, no, you have to escape some way. No, but I mean, it's it's always just a generator, so. Yes, yes. Those are... Okay, okay. So that's the only one condition. Okay. And uh, I've done another question brought here. Uh, I, I know as a survivor or attempting survivor, you are able to tell if the killers on your hunt are at least nearby by a heartbeat sound Some killers, off. not all killers. Okay. Do the killers have a similar sensor type that tells them if they're nearby a, uh, a person? Uh, it depends. There's a lot of different perks. There's like 30 or 40 different perks for killers. But typically they can only see you if you've been hit once and then you bleed and you leave a blood trail. And then that's why you want to usually get healed or heal so that it cannot track you that way. And if you mm. sprint, you leave scratches for about six seconds in the ground or by walls that you're running by. And that's another way they can track you. So you want to try okay. to not sprint unless they're not, they're not, you'd know the killer's nowhere near or... You know, if you obviously you have to sprint if they're coming after you, and then you could use pallets and to try to hit him with pallets and things like that to slow him down. <laughs> hit him with a pallet. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta say my my experience was largely positive, even though you uh, broke the illusion of me thinking I gotta win early on. But uh, that that said, like I I think I might actually try this a little bit more and see if I can get a better acquainted with it. But uh, I am yeah. interested. I am interested to hear more about the Stranger Things DLC. Um, real quick, yeah. forget to that. I will say, uh, if you guys don't follow the Dead by Daylight subreddit, um, mm-hmm. they've been working pretty hard at fostering a positive community, as opposed to you know, most most games that are super toxic. And that's where a lot of these kind of unwritten rules are coming from, to try to you know make the game fun for everybody and to try to treat new players well when they come in. I mean, I've gotten one. Uh, I've only gotten one kill yourself message in this game when I played as a killer, and that's <laughs> like an all-time low for a game. So mm-hmm. I would say it's a better community than uh, some of the ones I've interacted with. World of Warcraft. I I have an episode coming out tomorrow about that actually for me. <laughs> oh, with toxicity. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that's that was extremely yeah. toxic. I I. Did not have that experience with World of Warcraft, but I did get called Leroy Jenkins trying to play City of Heroes, and that ruined MMOs for me forever. It, pretty, <laughs> it hurt me pretty bad. <laughs> but I'll, well, it kind of it, it actually just as a side note yeah. that crushed my soul to find out that that was staged. Oh yeah, no, that I Leroy. I refuse that reality. I refuse to accept it. <laughs> nope, just refuse. Uh, so I'll with Nancy and Steve though. If you if you're gonna pay money for a game, and I, I know Joel and I talked about this uh, a few weeks ago, it's an indie game by a smaller studio, and I think their biggest uh, game up until this point was the Fallout Shelter mobile game. So you know this is a pretty big different. It's a big jump from that, and so I think paying twelve bucks for Steve and Nancy is completely worth it. They have both good perks for survivors. And then Demogorgon uh, is a, by the, by Otz, um, who is a Dead by Daylight streamer, um, he's one of the, the better Daylight streamers out there. He has the Demogorgon ranked as a tier A killer, you know, so just right below the top. So you're getting, you know, the bang for your buck. And the only thing that sucks, and I'm disappointed, but I get it, is you can't get the Scoops Ahoy outfit with the DLC. You have to buy that separately. Ah. And it's like uh, six bucks more? by itself. Really? Yeah. It might be worth it for six bucks. I'm going to buy it as soon as I get my next paycheck. It's the, yeah. Like, if this was EA doing this shit, I I would not pay a goddamn dime. But it's an indie <laughs> developer who... I mean, this game started with one killer, and that was it. Like They've built this game up over the last three years, I think, and really made it into something. So I'll, I'll keep giving them my money. 
Yeah, th- there is a comprehensive list of different DLCs that I saw just by scoping it out this afternoon. It's kind of impressive just like how much content is available. The, the thing that kind of interests me more about the Stranger Things stuff is obviously being a fan of the show, but number two, the Demogorgon is just kind of freaky. Yes! Like, it, like, like a lot of the a lot of the killers, like, they're, they can get the surprise on you and the tension of like, oh shit, he's behind me, I gotta keep going as you turn around and look is ratchets up the tension good, but like, turning around and seeing that freak behind you chasing after you would like be frightening so what's really cool about the demogorgon is he's got a power called a shred attack and it's not a special like a thing oh it's special to him but no other killers can get it and he basically you charge up and he dashes and i had it on my stream last night and he does that like scream growl thing and it absolutely makes you shit your pants and it's really effective (laughs) move on top of that jesus and the, also, with killers, they usually have to hook you, or um, some of them can make you bleed out, but they can also get what's called a Mori as a perk, and they can just kill you when you're down, and they do like a special move. Uh, my personal favorite is Ghostface slits your throat and takes a selfie while he does it. Oh, it's God. pretty awesome. <laughs> but the Demogorgon just, you know, opens up his big starfish-looking mouth and eats your fucking face, and it's amazing. It's one of the best animations right. in the game. You could also travel into the Upside Down to go to different parts of the map as the Demogorgon, which is really fucking cool. If you haven't seen it, find a stream or watch it on YouTube. It, it just If you love this show, they, they put love and care into this, and it's 100% worth the money. That's, that's good to know. I'm glad that they're really working hard to keep that game going. It, it, yeah, I like I said, I will throw all the money I have at them if they keep this up. They treat their fan base really well, as bitchy as they can get sometimes. And they're always working to make the game fun. They're not working to make it more profitable necessarily, which nowadays is all you can really ask for. Well, it sounds like you did the value out of playing it with how much you enjoy it, which was like, that's the thing that's important. It's getting up there with the most hours I've put into a game, too. And I don't do it to level up or like it. Like I don't, I don't prestige any of my characters or anything like that. I just, it's just fun. I just like doing it to have fun. And that's the reason why we play most of the time. The more you know. I still wow. need it to platin Rocket League. Yeah, what? You haven't? What? No. <laughs> Joel, I'm going to go download it on my PS4 so we can I don't think it. I ever uninstalled mine from launch. I. It's because I upgraded to a Pro. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was running the ranks with Heartwood, but I, I never quite got to platinum. We'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it together. I'm going to hold you to that. All right, all right. Do any of you guys have Dead by Daylight for uh, Xbox or the Switch? I've got Xbox Game Pass, so I do have it. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna have to join me on a stream then, because, uh, well, you could. Uh, actually, would work better having three instead of two. My buddy uh, Moser Malone is the, always the one who streams with me. He's the one with the deep, sexy voice in my streams. Ooh. <laughs> As opposed yeah, to my well, nasally voice. <laughs> we'll we'll talk off episode here. All right. <laughs> I sure am dead. So many early adopters making me say, "Gun damn." What? Alex, it was awful. <laughs> Cry me a river. These things don't write themselves, Getty. What? Would you rather me just say segue? Fine. Segue. Break. And we're back. Back for the news. Not all the news, just news worth conversating about. First bit of news, E3 2020 leaked documents reportedly may become a festival with 
cute. Joel, Cute-tainment. help me out. Cutainment. Cutainment. And 10,000 more guests. It's going to be more streamer focused. So we might make it? One can only hope. <laughs> My God. This is Man, what we- I've been practicing for. That might be the only way we could get into E3 is on its death throes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard so many other people in the game industry talk about how, like, as teenagers, they somehow snuck their way in by creating fake uh, press, press badges. badges and stuff. See, all we have to do is wait 20 years from then and then uh, become uh, low-rent streamers. Brock, this is our chance. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Uh, what what is the Q-tainment? I wonder what that is. So what Q-tainment is is that while you're in line waiting to like play a game, see a trailer, mm-hmm. there will be people entertaining you. Uh huh. But the fallback I've heard is that when you're in a line, you don't have a choice but to be there. And if you hate the Q-tainment, you're kind of stuck there waiting. <laughs> That kind of reminds me of like going to Six Flags and you're in the line for a ride and they're showing uh, like old Warner Brothers cartoons. It's that Which, that was actually enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That could be enjoyable, but now imagine if it's like ninja, like yeah, ninja, like blasting <laughs> techno in your face, no. and you're like, well, I kind of want to see this game, but I don't know if I could sit through ninja for not, like another ten. And, and not even ninja streaming, like ninja from uh, the Game Awards <laughs> and trying to be funny. Or like what if a it's... dude with a marshmallow in a marshmallow costume blasting dubstep in your face. How about the ninja stream where there was nudity and it wasn't him? Can we can we get that? Oh, I watched that. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> I just saw disrespect uh, in the I... bathroom stall. <laughs> I just saw the item where it was uh, a ninja mystery box. You can buy at Bus Buys. Alex, you shut your face. <laughs> guys, guys, that that is infiltrating everywhere. The the toy aisles when I was looking around recently there's this kid that has his face plastered all over these toys and they're like little mystery box ryan's toys yeah they cost like 50 dollars. my kids always ask we need ryan toys because they watch his youtube and i'm like i'm not paying seven because they we we bought it one time i gave in it's like seven or eight bucks and it's these little shitty plastic figure and they're like oh and then they set it somewhere and they don't care anymore (laughs) no i hate i could go on a whole rant about ryan's toy review (laughs) i won't I, I saw won't. I saw oh, five damn. years ago, I saw five years ago at Toys R Us, the when it was closing down. I saw my first my first stream set, where it came with a mic and a headset and like ago. a backdrop. <laughs> Toys R Us closed last year. What do you mean five years ago? Maybe maybe it was before it closed down then. Yeah, they were yeah. starting to go downhill for the last couple five of years. years. Don't ago. tell me. Don't tell me they were closing stores for a while. Guys, yeah, my, but my Toys R Us on the death throes. In the front of their sh- their aisles, they had Spider Man Two toys. Hell yeah! Not not Spider Man Two, like uh, the one know. that didn't just come out. The one yeah. from when we were in high school. Right, exactly. To- Toby McGuire as Spider Man Two. Speaking of death throws, how about that one, Getty? Was that better? I think that's better. That's a little bit better. GameStop stores are turning into retro gaming cafes. I'm okay Actually, with that. I- I'd been waiting for that for a while. I like retro gaming cafes, and I thought GameStop was just ripe for it. I just think about my GameStop, and as much as I'm lamenting the death of GameStop, like most people that work at my GameStops are kind of shitty people that I wouldn't oh. want to be hanging out around. <laughs> so it's like yeah. people at my GameStop are really nice. Yeah, you know, what I mean, when I lived in North cool. Car- when I lived in North Carolina, we had like a rapport with the people we went to the stores with pretty commonly. So it was like a cool space to stop at, but like. Here it's like they're they're kind of shitty people, and also 
like if you see the layout it's a huge space that they were showing throughout this video on facebook right with all these crt tvs and a, a lounging area and like snacks on the walls and, and like none of my damn stops are even like half the space of that one so I, it really makes me wonder how many of these stores are going to exist versus which ones will just shutter I was asked to leave yeah. a GameStop one time because I said the Jurassic Park Telltale game was shitty. <laughs> the manager Please was pissed I said something. Please leave the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't play that one. It's, it's like most of their games, it's absolute garbage. Man, Dude, that's, that's spicy. Yeah. That's spicy. I like a couple of their games. <laughs> yeah, no. me too. Nope. Nope. I am big time ever because I was so pumped to get a Jurassic Park game because last good one was the I think it was Sega Genesis was the yeah, last good one. Yeah, I like one. that one. That one's super fun. I like that one. And then they have this like, oh, walk to the left. Oh crap, dinosaur, you're dead now. It was so boring. <laughs> the uh, there was some uh, like park builder style game recently, wasn't there? Yeah, I haven't that played that out. one. Oh, there was a good one for the. OG Xbox, but it's super hard to find too. I think it was just Genesis. Uh, that might be. There's the not enough. Di- there's not enough dinosaur games. That's really what we're coming down to here. I'm waiting for them to re- from remaster Dino Crisis. Turok. Uh, well, Turok's on the Switch. Is it? Yeah. yeah. It is. Holy shit! And I think it One and two. Dead. Well, I guess and I'm going think- to buy that after I'm done with this. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Alright, uh, devs make big bucks on the Switch eShop by drastically reducing game prices. This is just good strategy, though. If they a game would release, and then after it gets the initial push from new the new release section, they kind of lose a lot of their sales, so they'll drop it to up to like ninety nine cents, and that then it'll go under the five and under section of the eShop, and then it gets bought up like gangbusters, and then it goes up to bestsellers. And then they'll raise their price again, and now they are a bestseller. Yeah, hmm. so like the the common culprits I see are like that one strike game, which yeah. like that that actually I am kind of curious about that. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> it's I mean that that one in particular, and it's the problem is that it's hooking me at that whole bushido blade angle of yep. like one one shot will kill you and you'll be done kind of thing. Joel, nothing will be bushido blade. No, if I dream hard enough, it'll be reality. <laughs> <laughs> Keep dreaming, F Zero. Shut up! <laughs> I didn't even cold. do it this that, time. That was awful. How dare you? <laughs> I didn't even do it. It wasn't uh, me. Falcon punch to the next piece of news. With the release of Borderlands Three, the amount of searches of Borderlands on por- Pornhub has increased up to twelve thousand nine hundred percent. That is all. I mean, it stands to reason. Well, they gotta shoot their loot somehow. <laughs> Gross. So who wants to go over the the common search? No, you you can you can give us a couple of samples, Getty. Well, of course, there's the ever popular Borderlands Moxie, mm-hmm. uh, Borderlands Lilith, mm-hmm. babe. Yeah. Borderlands Tiny Tina, which Gross. Oh, not if okay. it's the Borderlands Three version, then it's okay. Not two though. Uh, kind of. Let's see. I'm out. What else? <laughs> Uh, Daddy, are these the most popular searches or just your searches? Joel, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. What is SFM sounds? Uh, hmm. I don't. I feel like I might be too. That is an abbreviation. I feel like I'm at work right now. I know. Who has an incognito browser up? Not Alex. I'm using my work phone. (laughs) 
Uh, it's uh, uh, it's adding your own sounds to Borderlands, so it sounds like people overdubbing other audio. Oh. Weird. That is okay. Weird. Anyway, all funny stuff. I feel dirty now. Yep. <laughs> Last bit of news: French court says Valve must allow Steam users to resell games. The question is, to who? To who? I don't know. What do really? you guys think? To who? Do you guys this think was... we should resell our games to Steam? This was, I'm guessing it was kind of a thing, like, you remember when the Xbox One was originally announced, and the whole pitch was like, oh, you'll always be online, but then you can, like, borrow your friend's digital games or sell them <laughs> to each other and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's what it makes me think of. So, like, it's maybe it's opening the path to be like, oh, we're friends here. We have this one license that we can pass back and forth if we want to share the game. But, I don't know... It, it opens a whole can of worms questions about like who who's your friend and like you know how do you validate your friends and not just strangers swapping these things and i don't know i'm just not sure where to take that line of questioning beyond that i don't know but now all i can think about is that video how to share your games with friends first yeah. <laughs> become friends on xbox then share the code they can use it up to five days. Well, even better was the Sony response video where it was how, <laughs> how to share <laughs> how to share your game with friends, and it was just the the two uh, PlayStation representatives in the same Handing. room passing yeah. the copy of the game to each other. Mm-hmm. I, I my friend did a thing where he goes, "Let me, can I use your Steam account?" And then he used my Steam account, installed a bunch of games in offline mode, and then disconnected my account. And I think he still has all my games, which mine still works normally. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because it does. If he's an offline mode, it just ping. It doesn't ping the server. It just says, "Okay, these are installed now." Guys, can I leave my Steam library to my kids in my will? I think that's a thing. Really? I think it might be a thing. Hmm. All right, so now is the time to fill Joel's library with H games. I mean, they I was already... actually going to say, "You guys want to borrow my used H games?" <laughs> well, they already asked if they'd have my games when I die, so we're already halfway down that road. Wait, <laughs> they're used? planning something, man. <laughs> Alex, did stuff. you say used? You played it? Nope, I'm out. It's a light news week, but definitely interesting as far as the industry is concerned. Segway. Hate you guys. Still spelled it wrong. <laughs> Let's go to break. Back with the backlog blog, where we play games that we stopped playing because one of our siblings deleted our save progress, and we'll be damned if we're going to go back and start over. Jesus, that was bleak. It's gotten bleaker. Mm, I don't think I had that happen. I had a brother that threw controllers against the wall, though. Oh, no, my brother and I would fight over save files all the time. But, I mean, that was usually my fault. I was the younger one, so. Yeah, <laughs> it usually is. Okay, so I've been playing this game uh, for a, since it was released on Switch... I just haven't had a chance to talk about it. Called Floor Kids. Floor Kids. I like this idea where you are young. You're the youth in this <laughs> cute cartoonish world. You're, it looks like sketches. So there's a lot of extra lines to make your characters look cartoonishly sketchy. Mm-hmm. And you're breakdancers on the floor. <laughs> Nailed it. You go to uh, different arenas like an arcade, an art gallery, a uh, club. And you breakdance. That's kind of it. Uh, three different songs per arena that you go to. And you get graded in uh, up to five stars. Or I believe they're crowns in this. And you get graded on things like combos, 
taunts, hops, callout requests, and flow, each face button is a different type of dance. So, um, and they're all color coordinated as well to, you know, light blue, purple, orange, and, and green. And essentially you'll do a move and then the game will prompt that if you do this other move, it's a combo and you have to like memorize which other move it was. And if say you hold B and you hit left and B, it will do a certain dance move. If you hit right and B, it'll do a different dance move. It's still in the same style of dance, just a different one. And that kind of goes for all the face buttons. Wait, are you just pitching you got served to us? It's kind of you got... Well, I mean, you don't... You're not facing anybody. I think that there is a there is a two-player mode where you can face off each other. That's pretty fun. But for the most part, it's just you doing it to the crowd. Like for after the rapper. And if you hold the button down, they'll pose and different stuff like that. Okay. I don't I like know how I feel about served. this. Did you, did you not like you got served? Do you have a problem with you got served? The 15 other movies that came after it. That's fair. That's fair. But it's a little samey. They have multiple characters who have multiple stats, but the dance moves are still kind of the same and the buttons are still the same. So I, I like the dance moves. And I talked to my brother, who is a former break dancer back in his teens, and he remembers all of the moves and he knows like the, 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 the titles of each dance move is legitimate to what break dancing is. So any kind of break dancer can look at this and go, I know that move. I know that that's a real move. These are all real moves. And it's, it's cool because... The crowd will also shout out moves, and you can do them for extra points. You can hop up and down when you're posing. You can do slow-mos, different stuff like that that all get you different points. And if you do a move, it'll say, if you do this, it's a combo. Do another move, it's a combo. And you have to memorize which face buttons to do each move, and you get points. And if you get enough points, you move on to the next arena. And all, again, three different music tracks in between each spot. Uh, what I think is interesting is that the interstitials between each arena gives you like a, a pep talk, where it'll say, like, you move through the streets. They don't understand. But you feel the rhythm, the rhythm of the streets, and you know, and it's like it's like a whole oh, big so spiel. Cheesy. It's like it's like a minute and a half spiel between each arena, and then it's like okay, go dance now. <laughs> so that's it's kind of fun. You try to get the best score. Uh, different. You want to try to unlock all the d- different characters, and that's how you win, beat the game. But again, they don't. They have different stats, but the same dance moves. So the only thing you're getting is just like, oh, this person spins faster, or this person does better combos. But to what end? Not really a whole lot. Yeah, but this kind of game, I feel like style can really carry it a long way, right? It's that's because that's a, the, what stood out to me when they did a Nintendo Direct. Is this was announced with a bunch of different indies, and this was like the one that was like, "Whoa, this is really different than anything else." And it's like a game based about break dancing, and like it sounds basically like a a, a rhythm game at the end of it, if I'm hearing you right. But like, yes, style takes that a, a long way in terms of being unique and fun. That, that's what I would go with and on this game. It's a good, fun time waster. The songs are interesting. They're cool, hip, very 80s-inspired, like, breakdancing. Mm-hmm. It's not a whole lot of extra techno. It is just cool, mellow breakdancing with hip-hop. And again, uh, $19.90 on the eShop, I think it is worth it. Especially if you're just like, okay, I'm going to play this for, like, you know, 20 minutes. I'm going to play, like, four songs and then put it down, come back in a month, and then play another four songs. So, overall, I like Floor Kids, the style, the aesthetic, the art, the the interesting concept of the game itself. I just don't know if I if it's like that's not that's not $60. That's kind of the that's the main thing for me. All right. Joel. Yes. Super Mario World. 
I'm not sure how long we really need to sit on this, but uh, there's this little-known game called Super Mario World that <laughs> Kelly and I have started playing this past week. We had tried to get Kelly to start this before because she grew up with an NES and is pretty comfortable with Mario 1 and Mario 3. It used to be an annual tradition for us to play and beat Mario 3, and uh, so I felt like, oh, well, if it, it's more Mario, but she had trouble with it and quit and got frustrated with it before. But, you know, it's... It's it's funny to think back now, especially with like uh, the SNES stuff coming to Switch and it being rewindable and a little more approachable now. There is actually a quite a bit of difference in terms of the feel between Mario 3 and Mario World. And mm-hmm. it's also easy to forget just like how drastic of a change some of the conventions were of Mario at the time too. So like Mario 1 and 3, things feel a little bit tighter in terms of like the jumping and air movement. And what I mean is that like Mario 1... You jump in the air. You've got very little movement in the air. You're, in a lot of ways, kind of committed to the arc of the jump that you've started based on whether you're running or not and how much forward momentum you put into things and stuff like that. Mario 3, they loosened it up a little bit, but it's it's still kind of got a limitation of the flow of where you can go. And then Mario World, it kind of opens everything up, especially as you get farther into it, like, it becomes almost game-breaking in a lot of levels, especially as they introduce stuff like the cape, where you can start flying around and fluttering through whole levels and mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. And it's just kind of funny thinking about those things. The only other things, the things I'd want to mention here is that watching Telly play, like, it's funny watching her and then realizing, like, just how frantic and crazy some of the levels did. Yeah. So, like, the first level where you dip the tape, like, all these little enemies are flying through one by one. And then as you go farther along, if you're not somebody that's really well acquainted with it, you start encountering, in that same level, those flowers that are shooting up plumes of flames and that they sort of fizzle down. And then you find more uh, of the flyers, and then you run into the the football players that are throwing baseballs for some reason. Charge and chuck. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like all of this stuff is just careening towards you at the same time. And then you hit the end of that level and it's four or five of those flyer enemies just running at you. And it's just it, it's just funny watching it from the outside. Somebody who hasn't played this much before just being bombarded with this in the second world. So like from a difficulty standpoint, someone like me who's played this game an awful lot, especially the first three or four worlds, I can fly through it real quick. But watching Kelly play, it was kind of funny seeing like the first world being fairly easy, you know, not too difficult, kind of just sort of teaching you the basic mechanics of how things work. And then they just kind of throw you into the deep end at the start of the second world. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah. So we got to the end of the second world and opening stuff up, including, like, the little nooks and crannies where you can sort of spam getting lives and, and things like that and alternate pathways through there. So it's it, it's been kind of fun, but, uh, you know, we're probably just about to hit the harder stuff where it's going to be a real big gatekeeping, you know, probably more like Kelly having to bang her head against the wall kind of stuff, I'm <laughs> thinking, and me maybe trying to open a pathway. And, you know... I'm also getting a little wary about later levels. You have to beat certain levels in a certain way to move the path forward. And I don't remember all of it. So it's going to probably be an exercise and frustration on my part, too, when I get to it. Now, Joel, you did a good job talking about Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. But I, but I, got, I got some fucking comments, Joel. Okay. I got, I got some comments. <laughs> I never played much of this, but the SNES, because I was a Genesis kid as well. I'm like Kelly. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the mid switch, so I finally have like a reason to play this, a reason to kind of finish it, get that off of my my chest, so to speak. Uh, the art style, while classic, yes, it's probably the best game out there. Okay. Uh, I, it never struck me as visually stunning, like Super Mario World 2 did. So I'm playing it now, and I still kind of feel that way, which is fine. But now let's go uh, no, with what no, I have no, to say. No, 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 stop. Yep. Stop. Two, two things. And yep. I, I'm to start with, like, I agree with you. Uh, Yoshi's Island is a stunning game. Uh, but number one, the games were made five years apart. So mm-hmm. I would... You know, like World World was a launch game for Super NES, so like it it was a leap compared to NES to Super NES. True. But uh, 1995 was getting closer to the end of lifespan for the SNES. Uh, secondly, the funny story I heard is that the creator of Yoshi was being told to uh, make Yoshi and the game looked more realistic as he was making it. Mm-hmm. So to spite the people telling him what he should do. He went out of his way to make it more childlike and almost uh, child's animation and almost uh, crayonish <laughs> as, as he developed the art style. So gotcha. that, that, that makes sense. That sort of like defiance is what built <laughs> that great look it has. Now, um, I'll probably finally beat this, but first off, you start on Yoshi's Island, right? You're on Yoshi's Island. Yeah, I guess that's fair. No, they, they call it like if you go on the map, it says <laughs> Yoshi's Island. So I, I just more like I, I didn't realize that. And it's funny that the story, the way the storyline plays out, the plot, it just shows Mario and goes, you're on Yoshi's Island now. Go do a thing. <laughs> you, you know, in real in, life. In all the times that I've played a Mar- 2D Mario game, I don't think I've ever bothered to read the words. Yeah, that's that's how it starts. <laughs> it just shows you Mario and it has... And the, the, but for me, it's more interesting that this is the first one I've seen that gave you a plot. And the plot is, you're on Yoshi's Island now. Go. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, and uh, I didn't realize the stars did stuff. Like, when you hit the the finished goal tape at the end of the stage, it gives you, like, a star number. Yeah. And if you get 100, it does a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That was just a weird thing. Also, um, I like the names of these worlds, like Donut Plains. Oh, yeah. Sounds delicious. It, it only gets better the farther you go into it, too. See? That, I, think I'm, I think I'm on board for it now. Oh, that's that I've oh, only played, I'm, like, again, I'm, I'm glad one world. of the best 2D platformers in the world won you over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Backlog blog. But I actually wanted to try to start another segment. Just a new one called Guest Spot. Kind of like Cool Spot, but cooler. <laughs> Where we invite our guest to discuss his product as a content creator and perhaps give us an example to discuss. There's nothing cooler than Cool Spot. Debatable. I yeah, will fight I, you. <laughs> we had this argument <laughs> offline. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, had, I had fun with that for like a good 45 minutes of the hour I played that game. And then it got, it, it got it gets mean. hard. <laughs> yeah. It, the end of that game feels like the uh, the Lion King Genesis games. I think it's up there. I'd agree with you. All right, so we have Brock Holiday, creator of the Damage Boost podcast. Brock, tell me a little bit about your podcast. Um, So pretty much I'm kind of an interview podcast. I've had uh, Alex and Joel on uh, so far and a couple YouTubers, uh, D-Pad Gamer, Chari5, and uh, as well as After the Hype members like Brian on and we kind of use video games as a starting point um, and we'll cover them and sometimes we go off 
to other topics. Uh, one of my favorites is being a cat dad for my fellow <laughs> cat owners. I didn't have cats growing up, so now that I am an adult and I can do whatever the fuck I want, I got cats, and it's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'll fight anybody who says they're not. Um, and, you know, it's I get to talk to a lot of really smart people who really enjoy gaming and love it just as much as I do, and I hope that comes through uh, in the episodes. I know, I've, I've felt it from the few that I've listened to. I definitely, I definitely felt like like there is a lot of love there, and there's a lot of care. There's a lot of st- Video games mean a lot to a lot of people, and they mean different things to different people. And not not to be too sappy, but I just I want to put out positive vibes in the world with the you know the way everything is, so I do my best to stay positive unless I start talking about Fallout New Vegas and then I just <laughs> eyes roll back I and I lose control and I yell at a lot of people. Blood you, shoots out your nose and you black yeah. out and then you wake up and like four people are dead. Yeah, that that's what I was going to say is that listening to your, your podcast that there is a lot of focus on uh, the positivity and, and, and things that we like as gamers rather than uh, stuff that is a problem or bothers us. And especially if you are online at all and have a presence online, it pretty quickly is evident that a lot of people will focus on the negative. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Uh, being positive and talking about the things we like seems to be a weirdly, almost like a, a, a rebel thing <laughs> in comparison uh, when, when you see the stuff that Dane's trashing online. And, and, and to be fair, there's a lot of stuff that is worth being bothered about, but th- there is so much good in our favorite hobby here that it's 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 kind of amazing how much is focused on the native and if i could give uh each of you guys who who have been on a little shout your episodes uh with alex it was really talking about couch co-op and i got to learn about you know his life growing up so i got to in a way get to know him really well through talking about video games and our experiences and uh with joel the the passion he brought to talking about indie games and games i hadn't heard of i ended up uh either finding or watching clips of later you know it's just it it's a good it's a great way to get to know people and obviously i've developed a friendship with you guys so it's been great yeah absolutely and i realize the reason i haven't been on is because i'm not intelligent enough to be on (laughs) (laughs) you're always welcome drop that (laughs) definitely always welcome uh, now, could you give us an example? Give us a, give us a real quick, like, let's do a little mini topic. Hit me with a mini topic. Um, well, the one I'm going to cover this Friday, which I'm not sure when this will be coming out, but uh, for the September 20th, is whether or not World of Warcraft is good or bad for people. I have a friend coming on who was so into it that he had talked their computer lab teacher letting them run the game during school and they would actually come in and out of classes and manipulate the the buying and selling market um that i don't really know how i yeah and and they spent like their i think junior and senior year doing that but then we also talked about the positives of the the people they met through you know doing raids and stuff like that and uh and the people they played with within their own town, how they they grew friendships through it too. So that's kind of like a, a good mini capsule of a subject we would tackle. And I know for a fact that I, I had both the community of making that large group of friends. Like I, I had friends who I would text in Georgia and South Carolina just talking about our guild and all that stuff. And then 
I also almost failed out of college because of it. So it's kind of like I have that dichotomy where you kind of go back and forth, you know. I th- and I think, Getty, you still play, right? No, but you dragged me back in for a while, so. <laughs> you, uh, wait, you, you played further than me, though. Didn't you play, like, some of the newer expansions? Yeah, some of them, but still. I think my favorite times were still uh, in college when we'd play and you'd get mad at us because we didn't know how to kill the raid bosses. <laughs> <laughs> You have to go online and study this. No, I have a test to study for tomorrow. No, you have this to raid important. this boss right now. This is important. Yes, and then you would play the like little games and try and figure out how to defeat the bosses. But I, I think I remember saying this to you in college sometime, Alex. Like, uh, those raids... Like, you could almost put on a resume if you were to be really bold about it. Like, I coordinated a 50-man raid for <laughs> for World of Warcraft. It's like, tough. You, you have to manage people in a way that, uh, honestly, kind of translates to real-life projects if you've had experience in that. And, I mean, we laugh about it, too, because it's absurd. But, like, there is real people management <laughs> going on there that you don't think about unless you, like, pull it from the context of it being a video game it's like herding cats there's some business jargon for you good job herding cats okay (laughs) is that business jargon yes or maybe it's maybe it's not explicitly business jargon but is it is commonly used (laughs) in my Hmm. office oh that sounds like an interesting topic though brock i I definitely want uh can't wait to hear that one when do your episodes go up every friday awesome uh and uh Ours go up Sundays, just for uh, reference. It takes us what? a little bit longer. Since when? <laughs> <laughs> uh, your guys' podcast is usually my Monday morning uh, commute to work. So that comes out on Sundays. Uh-huh. I have it ready for me Monday morning. It's nice. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a bad way to start the week. <laughs> now let's move into our one last thing. Our one last thing segment is where we just give our one last segment for the weekend send off and to the end of this podcast for me i'm still not pre-reading these episodes ahead of time screw you guys and i see you trying to <laughs> change the podcast notes you know what joel i got something for you i got something for you wait no that's not even the right thing i'm gonna put this thing in <laughs> joel what's uh i want to know what is your one last thing don't do it oh i'm gonna do it getty don't do it. do it getty. i just you know what i'm gonna do <laughs> I did some fridge cleaning on my PS3, and I didn't realize it. I've got like 20 RPGs on PlayStation 3. <laughs> Just uh, there must have been a sale sometime. Oh God, why did you? <laughs> Do you see this? Yes, officer. That that post right there. I I've just now pasted into the show notes a very scantily clad and undressing lady body with the head of Waluigi. You know, you're the reason why he's not going to end up in Smash. Sakurai <laughs> oh. so sees these doodle docs, and he, <laughs> he is canceled for Smash now. <sighs> so you found, you found your old PS3, and you have a whole bunch of RPGs? No, no, you ruined it. Go on. Move on. <laughs> hey, I saw you downloading Wild Arms. I can't be more excited. Getty? What you got? Oh, my God. Cat Quest 2 comes out next week. Getty's 2019 most anticipated game of the year. You joke about it, but I'm actually really excited for this, and this picture is just terrible. I am disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) 
Brock, you got a one last thing? Kelly yeah. has a lot of questions about this, by the way. <laughs> Tell her I'll explain it to her when she's older. H games. I'll explain it to you when he's older. <laughs> I'm older? You heard me. Brock, hit me with your one last um, thing. My kids have discovered uh, how wonderful Breath of the Wild is, and now, unfortunately, I have to buy Link's Awakening. Not that I didn't want to buy it, I just don't want to pay $60 for a game. <laughs> I don't know, the reviews are looking good, man. I know, I, uh, I know. I feel like there's there's like a hundred hours you can rain out of Breath of the Wild. Make them wait. <laughs> I said they just like to cook right now. They don't and they don't really do anything else besides find <laughs> stuff to cook and then go back to their camp area and cook food and say, look, it's healthy for you. And but you know whatever makes them happy. That's true. Might I interest you into this wee dame cooking mama? Yeah, I, I have not heard of Cookie Mama. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where we're playing Multiplayer Mondays, going strong. Last Monday it was Steel Circus Beta Test and Ultimate Chicken Horse Online. Next week we'll be Borderlands with Joel. We also got 2D Tuesdays with Joel and Kelly as they continue their trek through Super Mario World. And finally, Metal Gear Kevin on Fridays as we go through Episode 3 of MGS3. Joel guested on Nintendomain's podcast... I believe, would you know when that goes up, Joel? By the time our podcast is up, it'll be two days old. I just needed okay. somewhere else to gush about River City Girls for a while. <laughs> yeah. And they were gracious enough to host you. Yeah, it was very nice being on. And uh, thank you to them if they bothered listening to us. And uh, Brock, do you want to plug your po- uh, your podcast, Twitch, social media? Yeah, you can find David Drew's podcast, new episodes every Friday. I also stream Dead by Daylight every Monday, Friday, and Sunday uh, at Damage Boost Podcast at Twitch. Awesome. Uh, what's the Twitter? Oh, Damage Boost Pod Twitter. Oh, I'm also awesome. doing a give- $10 giveaway that ends September 31st. Uh, you can enter. To try to win, you have to enter through the link and follow me on Twitch and Twitter for entries. Sounds awesome. Also, we're still hyping for Extra Life, November 16th. Brock may be streaming for us on a different day or the same day. I'm not sure. We haven't solidified that plan yet. But we're all still raising money for the Children's Miracle Network. Brock's on the Super GG Radio Extra Life team, and you can be too. Join up, and let's do it for the kids. Maybe I should rephrase that. Yep. Link in the show notes. Hashtag can't stop, won't stop. Hashtag. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or the next to the bridge graffiti of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG Brock. Thanks. GG Getty. GG. And GG Joel. GG. Have a good night, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you could have sun Crimea River at least. Here, let me fix Segway because you spelled it wrong. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad we're on break right now and not, and this is all going to be edited out, Getty. Nope, Joel, add it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> After credits. Check it.